Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of Untucked. Today we are going to discuss an article that compares um, investing to training for um, endurance events. We are going to discuss sports um, on a difficulty scale. And then we're going to talk about BMW and their recent decision to make certain um, car options like heated seats um, require the, the user to pay for them via subscription. Enjoy. The opinions expressed on this podcast are our own, and they do not reflect the opinions or views of FC Advisory, the Financial Coach Group, or the New Wealth Project. Nothing discussed on this podcast should be interpreted as investment advice. Welcome to episode 69 of Untucked. This is Megan. And Mike. This is Jeff. So August, in a normal year, August is the only month that it starts on a certain day. Like, so like if it's, if August 1st is a Tuesday, no other month that year starts on a Tuesday in a normal year. Meaning a non-leap year. In leap years, February and August have the same start day. Day of the week. Yeah. No other month does. So if August starts, what year, what day of week does August start this year? I think it's a Thursday this year. So August starts on it's a like Monday. Monday. <laughs> All right, sorry. So you're telling me that no other month this year starts on a Monday. Correct. Hmm. You're checking. You're checking That's now? Interesting. I am checking. Every year. Every normal year, no other month starts on that same day of the week. And in leap years, February and August start on the same day. Of the week. Of the week, yeah. Pretty weird, huh? How that works out? <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's interesting. Would you guys prefer I did a... <laughs> I won't even go there. Um, okay. Cool. Sports? Anything? Lots. Lots, man. We're into the all-star break. Yeah. Phil's with a four-game win streak going into the all-star break to put them six games above 500. Still waiting for the return of Gene Segura and Bryce Harper. Bryce expected like mid to late, maybe mid to late August, maybe early September. Gene probably like sooner, maybe early August. I don't know who that is. Gene Segura. Mm -hmm. He's one of the better players on the team. Okay. He's been injured. Um, Phil's haven't made the playoffs since 08, something like that. They made it the year after 08, but it's probably like, you think it's been that long? It has been, yeah. I mean, it's been very, very long. They definitely made it in 09. They won in 08. Yeah. They, they made it in 09 because they lost to the Yankees that year. Yeah. I don't think they've been back since. It's been over a decade. Wow. Since they've made the playoffs. So, I mean, that's why I'm kind of way into the season. It's like, if they can just stay, I mean, I'll take 500 until Bryce Harper comes back or three or four games above 500. They have a legitimate shot. I mean, they're in contention for the second wild card. You're both like literally yawning right now. <laughs> 
Let's just move on to another sport. Let's move on to another sport. Um, we got any? Isn't there some drama with the Flyers? My Twitter feed mm-hmm. doesn't have a lot of hockey, but the hockey that it does have is not good. No. The fan base is very, very upset about <clears throat> Chuck Fletcher, who's the GM, and then you know more broadly, I think, just ownership um, for failing to do anything meaningful in free agency. For being in this position to begin with, which is no cap space, no real good talent, not a lot of prospects, um, and no draft capital to speak of. <clears throat> not good. So, I mean, people are taking out billboard space, like demanding to fire the GM and stuff like that. I oh, saw wow. a picture of that. It's pretty funny. Um, and I'm with them. I'm with them. I think it's a, it's maybe the low point of the franchise history. Wow. Mm-hmm. I can't believe this is more interesting than the Phil season so far this year. That we skip the Phil season to just go to this. Okay. <laughs> I had no idea this was happening. Yeah. So the Johnny Gaudreau thing was, you know, he's a South Jersey native and he, um, you know, turned down the Calgary offer to, to stay there for the, you know, basically the rest of his career. And the speculation was that he wanted to play here. Um, Flyers were never even in the running. They would have had to move, you know, JVR and a lot of, a lot of money off their books and also give up like next year's first round pick and stuff like that. And I guess they felt that was too much, but they just, they got an F grade from a couple of writers I saw in terms of like, you know, how they did in free agency and they deserve it. It was, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to explain how when you have a generally pretty fat, a passionate fan base and you have like a, a really a franchise that historically has like done everything they can to try to win, even though they failed a lot at it. it it's, it's hard to sit back and, and, um, and accept this as a fan. I, I, I totally I'm totally with him. It's disappointing as 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 all get out. I mean, I think they're going to be absolutely horrendous next year. Oh gosh, why don't they unload Carter Hart? Like, because they're just going to waste his career. I've said that before. Like, just get just move him. See if you can get something for him. Rebuild. What are you going to do? Rebuild around Carter Hart? You you'd be, I think, silly to jettison what could be a franchise goalie, and even if it's five years from now, he's only kid's only like 21 or 22 yeah um so i feel like he's untouchable but has he shown that much promise that yeah we're certain he's going to be like a franchise goalie not certain he can never be but i think for his age and what he brings skill wise i think the consensus is he's going to be a he's going to be a goalie that you can win with okay so um it's a shame man it's yeah, and 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 meanwhile, I'm the sucker who went in on like one of these twenty game packages <laughs> with uh, a couple mm-hmm. buddies. So, um, a there won't be much traffic. It's yeah, not, yep. Uh, well, you bought low, you know. <laughs> low. They're probably not low. They in were price. not low. Oh, really? No. Might be lower after next season. Yeah, and that's the other thing. It's crazy because there's there's last year was empty. Next year, I can't imagine it's going to be any fuller. It's going to be worse. And, you know, this is Comcast 
I mean, do they just not care? Thank God the hockey season overlaps with basketball because, I mean, I'd have nothing to watch. I wouldn't tune in if the Flyers – I wouldn't tune in the Flyers if they stink. So thank I mean, God. I will. I will. <laughs> I well, have you're also going to be attending 20 right. games. No, like seven. No, I, I will. I will. But there's. it's hard to think of a scenario in which they're even remotely competitive um, you're gonna watch. in the next couple of years. Like, it's been really hard to watch them the last few years. Yeah. Really hard. And, and, and you're telling me next year is going to be worse? Good like chance. They, they weren't in games. And when they when they did play games, they looked terrible. And then you'd watch a team like Tampa Bay, or and, and just you were like it was obvious that the Flyers were like a college team, and these other teams were professional. Like it was, it's hard to watch. You're gonna watch these games? Yeah, because I would. Here's what I'm. Here's how I look at it. I will go to a game because every single team in the league has at least two, three, or four guys that I want to see. It's like mm-hmm. Meg, you, same with you in basketball. Like mm-hmm. I'm. I'm going to sport. watch. Yeah, I'm going to watch some of the other yeah, Talent. really talented yeah. players that okay. are awesome. Yeah. So you bought a partial season ticket package to a team that you're looking forward to watching play. Who you're looking forward to watching play against? You got it. You got it. It's <laughs> uh-huh. good strategy. Yeah. <laughs> um. I I mean, there's not much with the Sixers. Harden's deal's done. Is it? He inked it. Yeah. So it's one and one. And he took whatever the pay cut is. Is that uh, is that number figured out now too? I want to say it leaves like a five million dollar like mid level exemption, so they can use it to go get like a legit yeah vet. Um, I, everybody's praising him for for doing that and assuming he comes back healthy, which people are saying he's he's getting there. You know, it could turn into a legitimate shot. I've said that the last like four seasons. So. It'd be nice to see him and Joel play with a full training camp under their belts yeah. and yeah. start the season together. I mean, I'm, in, I'm I'm anxious to see that. Yeah, birds. And I guess we're uh, counting down to the birds getting close. Yeah, I haven't really been following, so I got nothing on birds. <laughs> Sorry. Too much time spent on the Phillies. Yeah, I've been, I've been, I've been <laughs> laser focused on the Fightings. All right. Guess we'll get into Coach's Corner. Let's do it. Moving on. we're here for. This article is written by Morgan Housel. It's called Keep It Going. He writes for the Collaborative Fund. Parallels to investing are found in many different areas. In this article, Morgan compares the training regimen of world-class athletes to investing. Counter to what many people may think, some of the best athletes in the world spend almost all of their time working way below their potential in order to create a sustainable training program. How does this compare to investing? Morgan suggests that investors should seek the best returns they can sustain for long periods of time instead of the highest returns I can earn or one can earn. Before I call BS on Morgan's (laughs) numbers. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to have a different take, but go ahead. Um, Mike, you've said for years in investing, just be average. Can you explain like to our listening audience what you mean by that? Just basically, if you get average returns over a long period of time, you are doing better than like 90 some percent of everyone else. 
Um, okay, I think you need to like say that slower because that like seems very counterintuitive, right? Like if you get average returns, you'll do better than like 90%, like the majority of investors out there. Why would that happen? Because the majority of investors out there um, engage in tactics that are destructive over time, like trying to get in and out at the right times, owning uh, funds that are too expensive, um, behaving poorly, like bailing out, you know, now, for example, um, all those things are, are, and the more you repeat those activities, the worse it is. So, you know, if you look at market averages and you say, okay, well, long-term stock returns are eight, nine, 10, whatever, whatever number you pick, really very few people get that. Um, and only the, the most disciplined and, um, patient and inactive investors really actually achieve that. So, um, what that means, unfortunately, though, if, if you look at like returns in the markets over a period of decades or time, you know, the unfortunate reality is those are the market returns. Those aren't what the average dollars got because of all those like, um, anti, um, what's the word, the behaviors that are, that are destructive to your, um, accumulation and pre- preservation of wealth. You say those are the market returns. That has nothing to do with individual right. stocks or individual right. companies. Like they can be off, or they can get way less than that. Yeah, or and, way more. And some of the you know famous studies about mutual funds that compare the actual funds return, the fund performance, and then the average dollar invested in that funds performance, and almost always the average dollar underperforms by a lot because of the, those behaviors. I think now's a good year to kind of like examine that. I mean, I remember, I've remembered during the course of my career, like when we are in times like this, people saying, look, why don't we just get out now? And then when we start to see it going back up, we'll just get back in. Like let's, and they went, maybe they said that in like to me in like April. And it's like, I tried to say to them, it doesn't work that way because I don't know when it's going to start to come back up. So maybe this year is a good example. Like it looks like it's coming up now, right? I mean, the last two or three days, it's been positive, but that's no guarantee that's going to continue. And this is the beginning of the recovery. We just have, that's no guarantee. It can go down 5% tomorrow and be down another 20% for the end of the year. So that thought process of like, let's start to get back in when we see it come back up. I mean, it's just flawed, right? It's flawed and, you know, telling people who've abandoned a strategy to get back into the strategy when things are maybe worse off than when they got out. Like how difficult is that to do as well? Right? Like you, you bailed at minus 10 here. We are at minus 20, but Oh, we think this is the bottom. You're going to get back in. Right. They probably wouldn't. No. Well, what if it goes to minus 30? Right. Yeah. And the other thing is you've got to remember, even if it takes two, three years of kind of a grind where you know, markets aren't going up, you're still getting dividends all mm-hmm. the time. They're getting reinvested at, you know, let's say lower and lower prices. And then that that actually really works to your favor when, when things come back. And, and so if you had bailed and you're in cash or you're in something that's not generating any income for you or cash flow, then then you're you're further behind. So we want to get average returns. And really the way to do that, the easiest way to do that is just buy 
hold, stay invested. It's super boring. But if you do that over long periods of time, you'll get average market returns. Right. And you win relative right. to most others. Most people out there. Yeah. And for most people would, would be enough in terms of what they need to sustain, sustain their financial plan. I don't think that's what investors want to hear. <laughs> well, the article, though, okay, the article is drawing the analogy between training for um, a sport. And, and by the way, these are all endurance sports that Housel's talking about, rowing, swimming, running, um, biking. Um, and his point is, like, you use the same strategy to train, which is, kind of low intensity for the most part you don't swing for the fences by um like over overdoing it that's actually detrimental because you're going to likely get hurt or you're going to be burned out or whatever and his point about what was his number 88 percent of the time Mm -hmm. that high-end endurance athletes train it's at a relatively low intensity 4.8 percent of the time they train at high intensity. Now, where did he say endurance athletes? I said that. You, yeah, because, because look it, at his list of. Well, sports. look at the, the list he, that he uses. I know, but he says in the article the training schedule of professional athletes. Like that's such a. I, I, I felt like he worded that very poorly. Well, yeah, I agree with you. Like he should have clarified that for, because because the analogy is good. You know, for long endurance oriented sports that take a long time and a lot of. Endurance, the word again, um, that's similar to long-term investing. Right, like you're not going to go out and run 40 miles to prepare for a 26-mile race, right? You're not going to run 26 miles to prepare for a 26-mile race. Not in one shot. Right. 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 So I understand that. But like when you say professional athletes, I think of baseball, football, hockey. So hockey, football, boxing, those are like short burst activity. (laughs) Yeah, for baseball. Those are the ones where you, I, you definitely have higher intensity training sessions um, to prepare for that because it's you're going a hundred percent for short periods of time. It's not you know a uh, bike race, right? So I, I guess I'm agreeing with you. I reacted to his numbers, kind of like what? Yeah. What are you talking about? Like the analogy is a good one. Right. I get the analogy now that Mike has explained it to me. I mean, I immediately like picture like Ray Lewis in the gym, like lifting weights. I'm like, I think he's intense, like 99% of the time when he trains, when he's on the field in practice, when he's in, yeah. the, in the weight room, like dude's working hard. Yeah. Right. Cause you Lebr- have to replicate that when you get out there. Yeah. Like sport. LeBron yeah. James, you see the commercial when he's on the tonal. Yeah. I mean, he's working hard. Yes. I don't think we're disagreeing with you. <laughs> I mean, come on, dude. Not like professional athletes to say that like. There are pers- professional runners, cyclists, rowers, and swimmers, though. But I mean, 90% of the, maybe not. I was going to say 90% of the, of the people that read this go to the four major sports, don't they? When they think of professional athletes, mm-hmm. he's a little biased, right? Yes. yes. Isn't this like his, his go-to sports? He's a skier. He's I don't know about cycling, swimming, or running. Although I, I, I mean, I'm, I, I'm, I'm going to contradict myself, which is what I always do. <laughs> don't people put a lot of stock in, you know, not training like so hard all the time that like there is some benefit to like lower impact, lower intensity training. Yes. 
I think for the reasons Mike described, like injury and then burning out. Right. I, I think his point is is the sustainability of something, right? Whether it's a professional athlete or you or I trying to do too much at once physically, right? Like if I decide tomorrow that I want to be a rock climber and I go try to climb a friggin' mountain, like I will probably die, <laughs> right? But if I go to a gym where somebody can instruct me and teach me how to rock climb, like over time, it's a skill you develop and learn. Now, I'm not suggesting that investing is necessarily a skill, but the idea is that like finding something, some plan that is sustainable over time and keeps you dedicated to other, either your craft or your financial plan, then you will achieve success. Yeah. Like I said earlier, I mean, investors don't want to hear that. No. Like, it's when we, when we, begin a process with people they're like okay so you just want to just buy this stuff and hold it like well then what am i paying you for because they're they're still so wired into like your job is to just manage money and not to do all the other parts of financial planning they're also bombarded every day with you know the the best stock to buy or look at my friend's performance owning bitcoin like there's so many other factors that influence us, whether people, I guess, admit it to themselves or not, that, you know, it's it's difficult to, like, drown out that kind of noise because, I mean, we've talked about it a ton. It's FOMO. It's like somebody else is doing better. And always. Somebody will always be doing better. But, like, do you need that? <laughs> do yeah. you need the better? And. <clears throat> It's I think that's I mean, why it's boring. During your careers, have people come up to you that you haven't really, I mean, you don't you don't engage with from a financial planning or an investment management standpoint, and they've said to you, "Hey, like, you know, I have a few bucks. Like, what do you think I should put it in?" Yeah, yeah. Where I mean, are pe people putting their money these I've, days? Like, <laughs> my blanket response is like, just put it in the total stock market or put it in the S and P five hundred, and they look at me like, "Well, like, well, well, why?" Would you have a different response? I mean, forget about like really digging in and trying to figure out like what, like if they should have cash, right? If they have an emergency fund, like if they're just looking, hey, I I want to invest. I have money to invest for my the long term. <laughs> like, where should I put it? Yeah, my first react is typically like, do you need it? And when the answer is no, I go exactly where you went. Just buy the market, buy the total it? stock market. It's a good question. Do you need it? Well, and yeah, when they say, yeah, I need it in a year. And I'm like, <laughs> leave it in the bank. <laughs> so I think the, I think the question of like, where should I invest some, some cash is pretty reasonable. The question that I don't like is where do you think those markets going? Yeah. Because that one, the answer is always, I have no idea. Yeah. It's always yeah. that. And anyone who says something different is just making something up. Yeah. And Whenever I say I have no idea, the people look at me. Like, wow, he's the dumbest person. Like, how does he even hold that job that he that he that he says he has? I was in Chicago for a basketball tournament and was having breakfast with the guy I coach with and he's like, rough start to the market today. And I was like, Oh, haven't even looked. First of all, I I wasn't even working. working. Yeah. He's like, You didn't look? And I was like, You looked? Like <laughs> it's like ten o'clock in the morning. You've already looked at the you know. And I was just like, Ugh. So I think that's going through people's minds too. Like yeah. she's not looking at like some chart right. all day, right. every day. Good. Yeah. yeah. All right. 
we'll stick to sports and maybe more controversial takes. <clears throat> this was a tweet from Bruce Melman, and it's the ranking. It's a ranking of sports by degree of difficulty for key skills. The skills being defined, agility, analytic aptitude, durability, endurance, flexibility, hand-eye coordination, nerve, power, speed, and strength. So they rank a bunch of sports based on those skills. The most difficult sport on this chart being boxing, the least difficult fishing, and a bunch in between. So how well did you guys study this list? Because, I mean, I just, I find it fairly accurate from the standpoint of, like, one of the factors I looked at, which I found in interesting, was, like, fear or nerve, the ability to overcome fear. Mm -hmm. When you look at all the big yellow markers, mm -hmm. it's in scary sports. Right. So I think they kind of nailed that pretty well. Mm -hmm. But when you put team handball two <laughs> slots above bobsledding and luge, I mean, really? Yeah, I mean, it makes sense to me because remember, this is all like, there's what, like eight different factors here. Yeah. Some sports have zero need for some of them. Others have some of all of them. And I think that's, that's where you get the rank. I, I kind of find it fairly accurate. You know, the top, did you already say the top ones? Boxing. Of, hockey, cor of hockey, course football, you find basketball. the first top, like the first ones. No, 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 but then football, basketball, they, they all make sense to me because they're a combination of almost all these things. Whereas, you know, golf is way down the list, but obviously golf requires unbelievable hand-eye and, mm -hmm. and those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. I would have thought cheerleading would have been higher. You talk about, like, nerve right you could fall off the pyramid you strength yeah i mean they're like lifting each other up flexibility endurance durability yeah i mean i think like how come cheerleading so low i wonder if it's like cheerleading on the sideline at a high school football game compared to like competitive cheerleading which is what you're describing like bring it on i'm thinking i'm talking about like bring it on you're talking about like the whatever the dance competition cheerleading yeah where they're like tumblers yeah they're yeah. like gymnasts on the cheerleading yeah, team yeah. like this might just be your rah-rahs really the... you think so why would they even I... bother putting the rah-rahs in well, be, well to your point why well, it's so low because i agree all of those things you just described the other thing i'll just nitpick is the Take chart the is called ranking sports <laughs> oh, you gotta go. draw a line in here some of these aren't sports Billiards is not a sport. I think billiards <laughs> billiards is a sport. <laughs> it's a sport. It's because you're not good at it. Doesn't mean it's not fishing. a sport. I mean, fishing really is fish. Yeah, sport fishing. Fishing. Badminton. Badminton is a great sport, by the way. It's kind of high. Yeah. Why is badminton so high? Like badminton being higher than swimming. Yeah, that can't be right. If we just focus on nerve, the ability to overcome fear. <laughs> the one one you're focusing on. Well, I think it was it was good. It's like boxing, football, gymnastics, alpine, alpine skiing. skiing. 
rodeo steer wrestling. Like, yeah, that's fearful. And auto racing is probably the highest. Surfing has a really high one, which I don't understand. Like fear of sharks. Ski jumping is pretty high. Fear of drowning. Are you? I mean, I'm I'm talking about like the hundred foot wave surfing. That's what that is. That's not. That's not. It's not like it's surfing not. in Seattle City. Why, why, why does golf have any nerve in it? Fear of like the, the, over, the ability fear. to overcome fear. Yeah. yeah. I guess like I'm, I, I may not make this shot. I'm scared. Maybe. Maybe. I think it was you, Mike. Was it you who said that um, water polo should be higher? No, that was Jeff. Jeff. I think water polo should be higher. Not the water pole you play, Mike, where you stand on the bottom of the of the pool. Not that one. No, this is one where you cannot touch the bottom of the pool. Where's where is that it's, water pole? Um, below soccer and alpine skiing, above rugby and lacrosse, top quarter. I think, I mean, water pole is definitely harder than harder than baseball. <laughs> I think fishing. So should be, soccer. I think fishing should be above billiards. I, but I think billiards is it, it's that analytic aptitude, right? There's no aptitude in fishing. You right, just hope just for the best. Bait the hook and throw in the water. <laughs> Follow your GPS. Uh, okay. Why BMW's heated seat subscription plan is doomed to fail. Um, this is from hotcars.com. In the UK, Germany, South Africa, South Korea, and New Zealand, if you buy a BMW, certain features such as heated seats are now options you must pay for via subscription. People are not happy. There was a little bit of a scuttlebuff on scuttlebutt on Twitter about this. I mean, I wish we would have differing opinions on this, but I, I mean, what was BMW thinking? Does anyone disagree with that comment? No. What were they thinking? So you build a car that has the ability for heated steering wheels. So that's built into buying like to the price of the car. And now you want to charge me for it? Are you freaking crazy? I'll just go buy another car that has all the features. And I pay for them up front. I can't think of a scenario when anyone would want to do this. Am I completely missing that? No, I think I agree with you. Um, but haven't you bought a car in the past, and I'll say a new car probably, where you're going through the options and you're like, yeah, I'm not going that's, to that's, do that one, although that would be cool. What if, what if it was an on-demand option that didn't cost you $4,000 in extra uh, upgrade fees, but you could pay as you used it. I'm 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 not coming up with a good example of what that might. No, be. I understand it. That's like you bought a car. Like I don't need a sunroof. Oh, I guess that's a bad example. <laughs> <laughs> or like they could have not I think enabled they, you to open the sunroof. <laughs> I think they referenced. I guess it was BMW with Apple Pay or Apple Pay, uh, CarPlay. CarPlay. Um, like, I feel like initially that's something that a lot of people were like, eh, I don't Just need. Use my phone. But then you see someone else with it, and you're like, ah, oh, it's kind of dope. Is that maybe a better example? Yeah, that's <laughs> a great example, Meg. But it's just like, well, then I just made a mistake when I bought the car, and I'll just live with it. 
I, I can't, I just can't believe that, that like smart, quote unquote, air quotes, smart people sat in a room and said, this is a great idea. People are going to love this. You can shut off CarPlay when you want and your subscription after a year. You don't want the heated seats anymore because you moved to Florida. Perfect. You could shut, like, I just think those scenarios are so few and far between that you've yeah. just, you just pissed off a lot of people and you, to nickel and dime them. What if they keep going and have it per use, like a dollar seventy five per Oof. per heated seat every time you use it? And your look, Mike. <laughs> in your example, that kind of makes sense. It's like, all right, I didn't opt for the heated seats. When you when you add it to the car, when you're building the car, it's probably two grand. If they're pricing it at like three hundred bucks for the lifetime usage. But again, you've already paid for it. It's built into the price. You can't tell me it's not built into the price. Right. Yeah. Like one smart person was like, wait a second, you built that into the price. And then BMW was like, oh shit, they figured it out. Yeah. And they said in the article, I think that it it's all part of the standard car anyway. And it's- it, That was a backpedal and they totally, totally missed it. Because they, they decided that they are. They're nickel and diming, trying to get an extra few hundred bucks um, a year. The- uh, I'm trying to think it like would would this work for like like a premium sound system where instead of like paying the four or five thousand for it, you subscribe to it when you want to use it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to agree with you, man, but I, no, just to try to see their their logic here. So what do you get like Saturday night? You want to roll through town? You want the premium right. sound system? <laughs> So you use it that night. I mean, it's a yearly subscription. Like, and then they shut off the premium sound. Like you ever want to listen to something in a lower sound quality after you've just listened to it in a higher sound quality for a year. Yeah. I love the fact that BMW did this and they just, they got egg all over their face. Cause they, like, I think it's the, I think it's the dumbest idea. Yeah. Well, they're getting heat for it. So what kind of heat are they getting? Did you guys do any research on that? You said your Twitter was like yeah, it just was. It was talked about on Twitter a good bit, and then a couple people in the uh, article were quoted. You know, like I'm a BMW guy, and I won't buy BMWs again. So I think it's just that type of thing. I don't know that there's been much more pushback than that than guy that. saying he's not going to buy a BMW. Right, again. like one guy isn't going <laughs> to. Wow, I didn't even see this. So they're actually. I mean, high beam assist, $18. Um, safety camera. I mean, all the stuff is unbundled here. Like safety cameras are should be standard on every car now, not something you opt into. So into someone tweeted, Mercedes, if you do that BS BMW doing with heated seats, et cetera, you can come and take my car personally. I'll hand you the keys, exclamation point, exclamation point. <laughs> Uh, that's what people are doing on Twitter. They're just talking into the, into the ether. I think I think car companies should stop trying to reinvent the wheel, right? Like you make a car with all the features, you let people buy it with features or without, and let them make that decision up front. And they get to pay less for it if they don't want high beam assist and heated and cooling seats and all this other crap. Because I think there's some people out there that are like, look, I don't want all that crap in my car, because when the vented seats go. That just means it's going to be like $1,200 in repair. So I don't want that stuff in my car. You're going to give it, give it to me in the car and then not allow me to, to use it? 
unless I subscribe. It's crazy. And if you're buying a BMW, why would you like have to be nickel and dime? Like, don't you have money to buy a BMW with all the right. features? How many base model like like roll up window BMWs are they selling? <laughs> roll up window, <laughs> like none. Probably not many. Like yeah. they're probably all fitted out, right? For the most part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dumb. Just stupid. <laughs> Overthinkers, man. Okay. Top five best sitcom episodes. I'm not gonna say of all time, but like of our experience. Experience. Because like someone's gonna listen to my list and be like, "Meg, you're a, you don't have good taste." Yeah. So all time is probably not fair. Yeah. <laughs> definitely not of all time. Mine are definitely not of all time. They're pretty good, but they're not of all time. You want to go first? Sure. Uh, I'll start with number five, which is when SpongeBob takes his boat license test. Is SpongeBob a sitcom? Yeah, yeah. I was going to. Um, I don't think so, yeah. I have one that's in that cartoon category. related. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Where he's got um, like an antenna in his hat and, and Patrick is giving him the directions. I thought that was pretty funny. When Larry opens Latte Larry's to compete with uh, Mocha Joe, Mocha Joe mm-hmm. in um, Curb Your Enthusiasm, I thought it was a good because he had like the automatic urinals and yeah. no stalls. You couldn't, There's, you couldn't do number two at Latte I, I Larry's. I found the curve; it could have been all curved. Yeah. Um, the Twix from Seinfeld, the, the Twix episode when Jerry's at the uh, car dealership trying to buy the car. And uh, Elaine is dating Putty, Putty. <laughs> and they break up. And then Putty's just starts adding all these additional fees to Jerry's car. And uh, George is starving. And he that's a pretty good one. Yeah. I forgot about that one. I've never seen a single episode of Seinfeld. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> there was a scene in, um, or there was an episode in um, King of Queens where uh, Carrie takes like strip tease lessons, like they get a stripper pole. And she's god awful at it, and like Doug can't take it anymore, and he tries to teach her, and he just starts like killing it on the pole. <laughs> it was it was a pretty good one. And then um, the the episode in the office where Dwight starts all the uh, fire drills like intentionally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Get me. Um, I also had an office one diversity day where Michael gets in trouble. He like imitates some black comic and the corporate decides that they need like diversity training and Michael is insulted that he doesn't get to lead it so he decides to do his own and he has everybody wear a a note card with a particular like ethnicity on it or like skin color or even gender and you're supposed to act like act out to that person. And they gotta guess what, what you are. <laughs> what wow. you are. <laughs> like couldn't be made today for sure. Yeah. Um these I mean you guys did you guys ever see the good place? Yeah. You did? Yeah. So the se- the series for now finale. So they build up this like afterlife in the first I guess it's like four three seasons. And then each character like moves on in their own way and it's i don't know just very good not funny but just yeah. well did it have to be but funny it was a sitcom. the the show is a sitcom oh, yeah, but that that particular okay, episode it, isn't it, necessarily it. funny parks and rec <laughs> the snake juice episode 
All right, you had overlap. <laughs> I have that one. That's where Even Ron, if you've, Ron Swanson. Just, if you've never seen up. an episode of Parks and Rec, like it never is seen. worth watching. Okay. Um, they get drunk off of this, like I don't even know how alcoholic the drink is, and it, they start out sober, and then it's just progressively more and more drunk. It's awesome. Um, New Girl. There's this episode called Cooler where they're basically trying to prove that their female best friend can't go out with them because they don't it's a bunch of guys they don't get any girls when she's there and they that's pretty prove funny. it yeah, yeah, yeah it's a funny concept the did you guys ever do Shit's creek mm-hmm. <clears throat> you never did Shit's creek no i forgot about that um the it's the open mic night when patrick sings to david Again, just like a good episode. <laughs> okay, so I'm, I only have four because you took my Parks and Rec. Snake Juice, is that what it's called? Yeah. I got a couple that are old schools, and Megan will be like, what are you talking about? Um, my curb one, though, is when Larry's trying to get Dodgers tickets off of Funkhauser, um, and his... And I think Funkhauser's dad just died or something, and then Larry picks up a hooker and is driving to the game to, oh, to get yeah, in the, yeah, to get yeah, in the yeah. high occupancy occupancy uh, lane. But again, there's a million curb ones. They're, they're all like I feel like they're all great. Um, I've got the Simpsons episode when um, Homer started Mr. Plow. Oh, that's a good one. one. Yeah, and then Barney ended up like starting a competing snowplow circus. <laughs> <laughs> really stupid though, funny. Um, it's all song that goes with it, right? I the, now the other two are old. So there's a Three's Company episode in which Jack Tripper um, is at a party, and I think it's I think it might have been like the restaurant he worked at. I forget the context exactly, but he ends up accidentally taking painkillers, and he puts on like the funniest performance <laughs> um, of pretending to be like messed up on painkillers. And it was just hilarious. It's great. Um, finally, I think I've heard, you've heard me talk about this before. The what's happening episode where the Doobie brothers um, are guest stars and rerun gets roped into bootlegging the concert, you know, with the, t- the old tape recorder <laughs> And Al Dunbar is the guy who puts him up to it, um, and then reruns dancing. He's he's gone nuts. He's dancing. He can't help himself. And the tape recorder falls out of his shirt. And they all stop. And meanwhile, they're like in a gym, like a high school gym. There's like six people there. It's, it's just hilarious. We have a lot of uh, spanned a lot of yeah, a lot of time in our top five. Yes. Cool. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Thank you. See ya. <laughs>